Welcome to the michaelcrane.live podcast show. In today's show, we're going to be joined by the young entrepreneurs in the One to a Million project. They will be talking about their thoughts and dreams of going into business and developing their skills in leadership and negotiation and financial management as they start the journey to becoming an entrepreneur. And welcome to the michaelcrane.live podcast. Today I have with me Finn. Uh, good morning, Finn. Good morning, Michael. And how have, how have you been doing since you've been on your five-week summer holiday, summer of fun? I have been doing a lot of fun things, mostly seeing friends, because I'm trying to make the most of it, because it's the last summer holiday before I do my exams and then go. So apart from lots of revision and schoolwork, I've just been meeting friends and having fun. By the way, how much of your time have you spent on thinking about the business you are going to build? I have thought, I can't say the amount of time I've thought about the business, but a medium amount, but most of the time I've been thinking about business would be like how to make a better company. I've been looking at companies like how they advertise, like how they try to catch you and get your money. So you put your credit card details in and then you subscriptions. Like I said, I think subscriptions are good thing like that uh, because it automatically takes the money out of your bank each month without people having to think about it. What sort of uh, subscriptions have you been thinking about? Well, firstly, my PS4 subscription. That's quite a good one. It's $6.99 a month and literally just comes out of your bank each month and just... That's that. But you can choose to cancel it. And it's really interesting because when you go to cancel it, it tells you loads of information about why you shouldn't cancel it because they want that six ninety nine a month. So How many uh, subscribers has Sony PS4 got, do you think, around the world? Well, I think everyone who has the PlayStation 4 has this subscription, I think. Like, I don't think anyone is not going to have it because it's a thing you need. It's a thing you need to be able to play, like, online multiplayers. But you get your money back because they give you free games each month so you can install, like, expensive ones that cost more than you're paying per month. How has this PS4 shaped your business ideas and thoughts about the product that you're going to sell eventually? Well... So they probably buy a game off the creators for less than they sell it for. But they probably sell it for the same price as everyone else. But for example, a first-hand copy of Red Dead Redemption 2 is £55 on the CEX store. No, on the PlayStation store. But in CEX, it's £18.99. And what does that tell you? Well, first things first, you're getting the same product for, for second hand from CEX, but you're paying £30, £35 less. So how would that benefit you? And what can you do to kind of leverage and earn some money from that cycle? Well, I think the lesson from that is look at the competitors and get a lower price than competitors. And if you can do a first-hand copy for less than the like prime competitor who's selling that product is, everyone will come to you instead of them. 
What's your thought about the CX, CEX that we normally see on the high street? Well, so for buying, I think it's good because you get things for cheaper price, but they still work perfectly fine. And literally sometimes you just find it out of the box and that's it. But for selling, you can sell a £20 game and they'd buy it for six quid. So selling is not good, but buying, perfect. So when you go into CEX to buy some product and the product doesn't work, what's your thought about their returns process and how does that impact uh, future buyers of the product that you would normally find in CEX? Well, personally, I've never had a product that does not work. All the things I've bought from CEX have worked perfectly fine because when you go to sell it, they quality check it. They have TVs in the back that they would plug your PS4 to if you're selling your PS4. They've run your PS4 for an hour. They check all. They check games work. They check the disc works. They check it all. So I bought a VR off there once. It worked perfectly fine because before it had been sold, no, before they had bought it, there could there had been quality checks run on it to make sure that it is working perfectly fine. Is do you think this makes a very good business? So they buy cheap, they sell high, and providing the product does work to keep happy customers coming back time and time again, do you think that makes a very good business? Well, of course it does. They keep wanting to come back for more. They come back and back to buy more product of you that you're buying for cheap. So this game, they would buy it for £6, but they would sell it for 20 That's six £14 profit game. And if they did that to 100 people around the globe, because there's stores everywhere in Britain, they would be making mass amounts of money just by selling that one game. And normally... People might only come in there to buy one game or they might come in to buy five. And when it's, they buy five, it's five times the amount of profit they're getting. So working as a percentage, what is the percentage profit they're making? And what do you think a good profit percent is good to make on a product that you will be selling in months to come? Well, I think for most products they're making about from anywhere to... 150% to 250%. It's quite a broad margin, I think. Okay, thanks, Finn. I know during the summer holidays that you've been trying a few ideas of buying products and selling products on various platforms. What were some of the platforms you've tried over the last couple of weeks? Well, over the past couple of weeks, I've tried Shibok, eBay, Depop, but they're probably the main three, I think. Tell us what does Spock do? Well, Spock people list products onto the app. Like normally secondhand bikes, furniture, chairs, sofas, cars maybe. And they just put their location or like the borough they're in. And people can either drive to their house to collect it. You can drive to their house to pick it, for them to collect it. You can deliver it and they take a small fee of what the product is bought for. Why did you decide to sell on Spock 
rather than eBay or the other platform you were using? Well, I chose Spock because it's simple, it's easy, products get sold quickly. I listed a scooter in there that my aunt gave to me and I listed it for £30 and it was gone within three days. So how did that work exactly? How much did you pay your auntie for the scooter? We know what you paid for it or you, you sold it for. So what was your profit margin on that? Well, she was chucking it away and I said to her, don't throw it away, I can sell that for you. And I took it off her, put some photos of it on the app, put a brief description of it. It took me about five minutes to do that. So easy, £30, I think. I got it for zero, sold it for 30 so I think that's £30,000. No, 30,000% profit, I think. So how did it, how, how, what, how was the experience total on Spock for you? Well, I've never had a problem with Spock. I've bought cheap things off there. I've sold high percentage things on there as well. I have done loads of stuff on there and I think it's a really good app and how often have you used uh, the portal eBay well I listed a couple of dummy products on there a couple of dummy like drop shipping ideas from AliExpress and I had had some people wanting to buy them I just said message me about it and lots of people message me about the products I feel eBay is good because there's lots of people on it it's quite easily accessible and if I had gone through with the dummy products that I listed up there, I could have made some money off that. What was the third platform you mentioned a couple of minutes ago? That platform is Depop. And what is Depop? Well, Depop is a like it's a platform where you can sell your clothes. And it's just clothing, is it? Yeah, mostly clothing, but there's also like what's it called? like fashion more fashion like supreme you've got like shoes stickers skateboards it's you can list like anything to do with like streetwear kind of so why would you use depop instead of schblock or ebay well depop is where well personally if i had never come to the app i would have thought that depop is a place that you'd solely go to buy clothes and you'd know that if you listed it on Spock or eBay, well, not everyone would want to buy clothes, so you're wasting your time showing it to them people when you could be showing it to people who only want to buy clothes. So from your experience, we've heard about the scooter where you bought, you were given a scooter and you sold that for £30. What other successes have you had, in your opinion? Well, I've had... I've had lots of successes that I think it's good to look at the negatives as well and the things that didn't go so well because if things don't go well, you don't learn from them. Isn't that correct? That's completely correct. And I think that it's important to realise there's lots of scams out there. So just just got to be mindful of them. And the main one I had was I was selling a pair of shoes that I had and I saw, I saw them quite cheap. They were really cheap shoes. And I shipped them off and the parcel went missing. So I had to go through the process of refunding that money. So I learned about the refund process, which is interesting. They got the money, I got the money as well. So it's fun. 
And what were your other lessons? You mentioned that you learn when you, you, you fail at something or you lose something. What were your other lessons in what not to do and what to do? Well, I think you've got to just, like, have an open mind, open your eyes up about stuff and be mindful to realise that some people might just want to take your money and not give you a product. I think that's a big one. Lots of people get scammed. There's lots of scammers out there on the apps. And if you're mindful of the techniques they would use to take your money, you can just be have an open mind and not get scammed. I think it was a really interesting example a couple of weeks ago. You bought a uh, mobile phone. Walk us through what happened with the mobile phone, Finn. Well, so I bought a mobile phone off a Spock. This is one of the... Uh, bad uh, purchases that happened. I bought their mobile phone. I messaged them about it saying, um, can I see some photos of the phone? When will it be shipped? What type of shipping? When can you ship it off? Asking all these questions. And I, I only pay like 25 pounds. I paid nothing for it. And then um, they get the money and then they just close their Spock account. So the product isn't listed anymore. And they like, I think it was like a burner phone because the WhatsApp message, I asked them to message me on WhatsApp, that got closed as well. So what were your, what were your overall lessons? Well, I think my lessons were normally if something's too good to be true, it probably is. But there's also examples where it has been too good to be true. So the VR I bought, I bought another VR for Spock. The, uh, the VR is £120. The two controllers are £45 each. The PS4 camera that you need to have is about £45. And I got three games with it that are, I think, about £30 each. And I bought all of that for £120. And it works fine. I'm still using it after, um, after two months. But it's second-hand. It's, I'm, it doesn't have any wear and tear. It works perfectly fine, like the brand new one I bought. So what would that normally cost in the shops if you you were to buy that product brand new? Well, I would say um, if you're buying everything, and are, you, and are we including the games as well? Yeah. So the three games, £30 each, that's £90. Two controllers, that's £90, £180. The VR is £100, so about £300. And you got bought that for £125? Well, it was 120 and yeah. And it works perfectly fine. Like normally, if I bought a product for this little and it was that expensive, like I've bought this before off CEX and I sold it stupidly. But um, yeah, I think I bought it more for like less now than I did when I originally bought it, which is good. So throughout the, from the start of finding the product on one of the platforms to paying for the product, to receiving the goods, what was the payment process for you like? Well, what do you mean by the payment process? When did you have to hand over your money before you received the products? Well, I think normally with all these products, well, first thing, You've got to check if there's a good refund system because if there's not a good refund system, what's going to happen? You're going to get scammed. And if it doesn't, and if the product doesn't come, 
you're not going to get your money back. So I always check firstly to see if there's a refund system because without that, you might not get your money back if it goes south. But then normally you add the product to basket. We all know how this works. And then you click buy now and you get tracking information, your like um, order number and all that information. So normally add it to basket, you click buy now, the money goes out of your bank into theirs and, and you can withdraw at any time by refunding it, but the product won't come. How important are the reviews for the buyer or the product? You need good reviews. Before buying a product on Amazon, I would always check the reviews. Since Amazon is quite variable, there's lots of good products, but there's also, I think, maybe probably more bad than good products, like more products that will break easily, more like um, poor materials. So you always check the reviews first. You make sure that the reviews are good. It's got five stars. I would normally go for four stars plus and make sure the average review is about four stars. Like, of course, some products aren't going to work, but normally the negative reviews say product didn't work, but I got refund my money and they sent me out a new one. So that type of negative reviews we're looking for when the seller is cooperative and would refund the money and possibly issue another product back to the buyer. So are you just looking out for the stars relating to the review and the refund process? So what other things are you looking for? Well, I think you look out for the company. You want it to be a good company. I think, let's say, let's, let's use Amazon as an example. You're not going to know every company on that, but you can look at, like you do a bit of research into the company, see what other products they sell, look at the products, look at the other products reviews. You need to take into context every piece of information about it because you can't always judge a book by one side of its cover or you can't judge a book by one page. You've got to take into context all the other pages to, judge, to be able to judge the book. So we've gone through the whole process of what you do when you buy a product, which will help you when you finally come to sell a product. So for our listeners today, Finn, based on your experience today of buying a product, what would you do differently next time? Well, let's take the example where I got scammed. I would definitely not do things that are too good to be true. Or I would talk to the person before buying it a lot more than I did. I would ask more questions, be more inquisitive. The keyword is inquisitive. You want to know more about the product, more about why they're selling it for so cheap. Normally they say, I'm moving house. I don't need it anymore. It's not really good because you want to know a bit more. But I'd say, what will I do next time? I think next time I'd have a little bit more money so I can buy possibly the one that isn't so cheap because normally the cheap ones you're going to get scammed on, but be able to buy one that's not as cheap as the cheapest one. So reduce the likelihood of getting scammed. Well done, Finn, for trying and working it out and finding the ways to win when buying products online. I just want to say that you never lose, you just learn from the lessons. And the lessons you learn are only learned once you go through the process of buying products. So how do you think this whole uh, buying process has helped you uh, when you 
finally find a product that you want to sell and place on a platform as you build your business. So what have you learned? Well, I think you can't sell without knowing to buy. It's like saying you, uh, you can't play tennis only by knowing how to hit the ball and how to serve the ball. You've got to be able to be able to receive the ball as well. You've got to know two sides of the story to be able to properly be a good seller. If you don't know what the buyer is looking for, how are you going to be able to target what things they want to see before they click buy now? So I think buying the products has taught me about a good selling point, how to like uh, push my products out there so more people buy them, how to share the like they're on in social media, how to like just in general, what they want to see before they click buy now. So what do you think your product will be? Well, I put on Instagram, on Snapchat, I said some of the people I follow, people who follow me, what products would you think, what products would you spend £25 on and what products would you buy off someone like me and would pay £25 for them? And, people, and most people said clothes. Because they said, I have a good fashion sense and they think if I put a logo on some of my clothes, it would be good looking and it would be good. But that's what people have said they most said clothes, to be honest. So clothes, so what sort of clothes? Well, if I were to go down the retail clothing route, I would do, I think it'd be like JD kind of outlet where I sell sports goods, streetwear, mostly like JD Sports. But I think the problem with JD Sports is everything there is expensive. I walked in there the other day with, with my mum and there was a coat in there. Guess how much the coat was for? Not a clue. Well, this coat was North Face and it was £250 for a, for a coat. So it was expensive i would pay probably not maybe 100 pounds maybe not 250 i think it i would make a company like jd but not with the extortionate prices so how much are you willing to pay for your first product and who are you specifically going to be targeting as your uh, customer well michael when I start off my business, I would like to make it online only because online's easy, correct? You can just do what you want to do. You can do it anywhere, anytime. Before I get in shop stores, I would do it all online, mostly drop shipping. So I find a wholesale retailer of those businesses and then sell that for more just by drop shipping. And then once I get a lot of customers on that, I would say I would when they buy off the website it's all about data collection I'd put all their like um the first section of their postcode in and however many people who are closest in one area so let's say I got so let's say I looked at my recent orders who bought off me and there were um BR, BR7, BR6, 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 BR2. I would put a shop in BR6 
because most people who order my products online would be there. But of course, when I do it like properly, a lot more people would be buying it before I open the shop. So I'd choose a smart place to open the shop. And who would become your ideal client? Well, I would aim as mostly under 18s or a little bit over 18s. I'd say definitely maybe under 30, definitely under 30. Male and female, unisex, you don't want to restrict it to one gender. And ages, up, up to 30, let's say, just quite broad. So what's the next phase for you, Finn? Well, the next phase for me is finding more products I can sell, looking deeper into good products that people would want to buy at my age because it's kind of the middle. Just doing a little bit more research, researching how to create a good company, how to create a good website, how to, how to launch the website. And I think after that, it's be all good. So getting the product to your client, how do you think you're going to achieve that? Well, of course, we all know dropshipping, but if you don't, they buy off you, give you the money, you then buy product with their money, and you ship the product straight to their house. So I would just sell the product from the retailer to the person who bought it off me. So that sounds like a great business, Finn. It allows you to do your schoolwork and also at the same time to build your business. Today's show has been sponsored by www.teameasycrane.co.uk. We help you build your business and grow recurring profits. Thank you so much for listening and don't forget to hit the subscribe button.